got a beard and it's looking something fierce Having beers with my peers and talking rap careers Reflecting on the years, connecting on the tears Shipwreck faith ain't always as appears I'm bringing you fresh music, I'm bringing fresh ideas I'm bringing you the dudes in the indie music beers Chilling at the shows and talking about the pain With people who learned how to face it and be sane Sipping on a brew, doing interviews No topics off the table but we focus on breakthroughs So kick up your feet, we're gonna put it in check You're listening to bruise beards and shipwrecks One, two, one, two, a mic check Stone bands, royal ruckus on the scene Just to announce We got the brews, we got the beards Tasty interviews for your ears to hear One, two, one, two, a mic check Stone bands, royal ruckus on the scene Just to announce We got the brews, we got the beards Tasty interviews for your ears to hear Welcome to this episode of Brews, Beers, and Shipwrecks. I'm your host, Jamie Bennett, also known as Chun Jay from Royal Ruckus. And I'm here with my co-host. Nomadic Vagabond. Man, how you doing, bro? I'm doing good, dude. Just, uh, you know, chilling in a nice rainy Oregon day. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, it looks a little overcast back there. Well, you know, as we know, we were trying to, you know, set up some recording before where I normally record. Um, the Wi-Fi is spotty, but when it's like this and then I'm behind a huge wall of records, you know, <laughs> it gets twice as spotty. So messing with the signal. Come and That's right. <laughs> well, I'm glad we we have a good signal. And uh, I did want to say, though, you know, that we are having a special episode today because mm -hmm. we've been just crazy busy you're doing your thing i'm doing my thing on different coasts and uh everything's been so busy that i thought we needed some time to just catch up with each other and touch base and like just hit like hit a few things that made sense to us um does that sound good to you <laughs> beautiful <laughs> man yeah i love it so so i want to tell you a little bit about what's been uh going on in my life in uh as we catch up. So, you know, I've been doing a lot of travels, um, mostly for, well, about half for family stuff, and then about half for work. You know, I've had like a lot of conferences, like I, I go to these trade shows, because I work in the insurance industry. And uh, I always like them, they're a lot of fun, but it is a little exhausting, because this feels like conference season, it's like one after another. And right. even I had one in Orlando this next week that like, I could have gone, but it was like, nope, I need a break. I, I can't keep yeah. driving around, you know? Um, and, and then on top of that, which has been totally amazing, uh, you know, has been, you know, my studies. And then like, I'm also like directly applying these studies because I'm teaching in Sunday school and uh, like, I'm teaching more at church than like ever. Um, and it's, it's been, it's been amazing. It's, and it's, and it's like been humbling too. And, you know, well, and if you've listened to the show long enough, you know that sometimes I have a foul mouth and like, you, you know, you can't be the foul mouth Sunday school teacher, right? Yeah. I mean, you'll, but you'll be remembered though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not trying to leave that as my legacy. So yeah, you don't want to be bad mouth Bennett. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that, yeah, that's a nickname that I, that I don't want. So, so yeah, I've, I've been like, you know, trying to like watch my mouth and stuff uh a little bit you know and that that's been good and of course that's good practice because now i'm a dad so yeah. and i'm not saying i'm never going to cuss in front of my kids but like um i don't know kids have a hard time like figuring out like what's appropriate what's not and i always think language is contextual right yeah, yeah so you know you don't want four-year-olds going around saying the f-word 
Well, you know, <laughs> let me give you a little story. My okay. son was maybe 10, I think. Now, I always thought that if he ever, you know, ended up saying a cuss word, it was either, you know, from my music, I'm not going to lie. Sure. Or yeah. from, uh, you know, his mother-in-law or from his grandmother. Okay. From my mother-in-law, right? Yeah. But no, lo and behold, it was me. I was doing a, <laughs> I, was, I was wiping the table off one time, had my headphones in and the chair snagged my headphone and I said the F word under my breath, yeah. but loud enough for him to hear. And then of course he said it. And then once he said it, you know, I just got like lasers from my wife just right at me. I just like, <laughs> but then, so it's what I did. I was like, all right, hold up. I called my mother-in-law because she had watched the kids earlier that day. I'm like, hey, when you were watching the kids, did you drop the F-bomb? She's like, no. And started asking my other sisters-in-law, like, did you? And then, of course, my wife was like, no, no, it was him. It was him. Oh, man. But, uh, That's funny. You know, so, yeah, kids don't always do what you say, but they'll do what you do. And hey, that, that that's like that scene in uh in Christmas story, right? Yeah. Where it is like fudge, you know. <laughs> I, th- I think pro- profanity gets uh you know gets a couple of mentions in in that movie, uh, mm-hmm. in kid profanity and all that stuff. But yeah. speaking of that kind of stuff, profanity around fixing things and broken stuff, uh, we've had some plumbing issues. And that's taken a lot longer to fix. And now I'm thinking I probably should have just hired a plumber instead of uh, my handyman buddy, you know, (laughs) but, you know, I mean, we're, we're actually almost there and it's actually pretty simple stuff, but it it is like all new to me because it's like the first place that I've been responsible for that stuff myself. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's things people always talk about being a homeowner and it's like, yeah, it's all great. But when anything goes wrong, you're the one who has to fix it. I can't just call my landlord i mean you know yeah i've i've had to learn some stuff myself and you know i've had to go over things a couple times but you know yeah yeah it's cool to learn you know well and i you know i'll say like when i was touring and and stuff and single like uh renting made sense to me because i felt like uh, the, the there was like no point in trying even trying to buy something because i wasn't like in one place Right, and right. so, so renting was very helpful because if there was a problem, the landlord fixed it. Even that stuff happened even when I was out of town, you know. <laughs> but I'm I'm glad we're getting somewhere with it. I'm hoping by Tuesday the walls will be sealed back up and everything will be fine and dandy. Plumbing, <laughs> plumbing stuff is the worst. Like when it's like water and dry materials, yeah. I'm always. I mean, that's a lot of what I've had to deal with. Is like a some shower issues and yeah taking pieces of the wall out and doing new wall and new yeah. you know, uh, caulking and all that. It's just like, and then I just keeps me awake sometimes. I'm like, Oh, I'm getting dry rot and this and this. I'm like, right. So this is middle, this is middle age. <laughs> You're worrying yeah. about the walls. <laughs> well, and man, I, you know, for a living, like I work in the insurance industry and we see this stuff all the time. Like, so you got to take care of your stuff. You got to make sure you yeah. recock things. I know there's not an insurance show, but like, that is the reality of growing up and living in a place. And, you know, if you have something go wrong, you want the insurance to back you up. But if you aren't taking care of your stuff, sometimes they won't cover it. So, yeah. like, I've probably even jumped the gun on some of this stuff, uh, you know, and and just trying to get out ahead of it and make sure we're, we're good to go. So, yeah. well, uh, what, what else is going on, man, before we talk about what we're drinking? Well, um, I mean, 
I guess the other thing I was thinking, actually, I was just looking. This is really weird, but I like your glasses. They hey, look like thanks, mine. Dude. Well, I like your glasses. I was yeah, like, we're, we're, we're both sporting some uh, big frame glasses. And I know. Uh, they got the classic look, but they're nice and big. Yeah, but the older I get, the bigger they get. And like sometimes I'm like, I just, it's almost like that 60s look. I'm like, man, these are just, yeah. these are my middle-aged glasses. I was man. sitting there today <laughs> about to take a nap. And I was like, I like my glasses. Oh, man. I know. And it's ridiculous because I'm sitting here going, oh, you know, what's so interesting to me to talk about. I was going to talk about how like my prescription was almost up. So I'm like, I had to go in and order glasses. So I went to the Walmart, you know, like how middle-aged is this, you know, <laughs> Exactly. middle-aged rapper podcast now i like that 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 might be a new segment we can have that as a segment you know <laughs> oh but, man especially the more more gray hairs come in you know so <laughs> dude yeah yeah i know <laughs> it's beautiful it's beautiful no it's i've nice. got them i've got them too now man but uh but they're not they're not like visible except up close so. well as, as your son gets older those we'll start coming in trust me <laughs> yeah that's probably that's probably it. you became a father earlier in life so mm -hmm. you earned your gray hairs uh fair and square man those yeah. are wisdom hairs exactly they took my wisdom teeth but not my hair so. <laughs> man that's amazing so uh so let's jump into what we're drinking um so i am drinking another i think i've had athletic brewing company on here before like five times okay has it been that many at this point You're right. right well i don't think i've had this one on here this is the all-out extra dark and it's Ooh. fantastic if you just poured it for me and you said hey dude here's a great porter yeah uh, i'd just be drinking it and i would think i was drinking a porter and so i actually want to declare today that i no longer am going to apologize when i drink non-alcoholic beers because mm -hmm this athletic brewing company beer and i'm not even sponsored by them uh but it's so good that like it's it may as well be uh any ordinary beer and so it is therefore it's a beer yeah well dude i mean like i showed you i'd gotten like a from my athletic rep i'd gotten like a like little gift box that had three different beers of theirs in there and yeah. one, two of them i think were like brewery only ones it was like a ipa or whatever but they do such a fantastic job as far as like it tastes like beer yeah yeah you know um i have actually deschutes started doing um a non-alcoholic black beer porter okay and i have one i haven't tried it yet but i will um Man, that sounds great i mean you know it's like dude non-alcoholic beers are good and the fact it's like there's times like even if you're having like say an alcoholic beer but you're like you want to have like a second beer Either yeah. A, you have the non-alcoholic ones, you're still getting, you know, you're having your beer or you start off with that one. That's the one you drink quickly because you're like, yeah. oh, beer. Yeah. you know, um, but, but yeah, it, it, it hits a lot of the same, you know, pleasure points too. And like, um, you know, yeah, sure. You, you don't get the alcohol buzz. Um, right. But honestly, especially I'm hearing from more and more people now that I'm middle-aged rapper, um, you know, I'm hearing from more and more people that they're cutting back on alcohol because uh, the hangovers are, are worse or they come with fewer beers, you know, stuff like that. And, and uh, I mean, look, we all, when you read the, the studies, um, there's a lot of danger to alcohol consumption. So uh, cutting back a little bit here and there, but still being able to 
enjoy like the crisp refreshment. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I like it. And, and also I wanted to say too, uh, if, if we hadn't had technical difficulties before we started recording, um, I was drinking a kombucha and oh, nice. this one is a company called remedy and, uh, cherry plum. But what I like about these, they're, um, you can get them online. Like I think I got it on Amazon, but the sugar content is like super low and some kombuchas, um, you know, I mean, most kombuchas don't have a ton of sugar, but some have a little extra sugar. And, yeah. uh, this one is like, basically you could be keto friendly with this even mm-hmm. like there's basically yeah. nothing, no carbs. And it kind of tastes like a Belgian sour to me. Um, so oh, I, nice. I pour it in like, um, like a snifter glass and I pretend yeah, I'm I drinking do. a Belgian. Yeah. Well, dude, it's like a, there's a, a kombucha company out here called hum and, um, they do one that's like a whole 30 approved one. So it's like low sugar. Yeah. Super good. Yeah. I mean, I mean, of course there is the advent. It's funny cause you're drinking a non-alcoholic beer, but there is the advent of alcoholic kombucha. Yeah. Yeah. Which I actually yeah. really enjoy those. Yeah. Um, and, and there's times dude, I'll make kombucha rattlers where I'll take a regular kombucha and mix it with the alcoholic one. Sure. So it's like, you know, it ends up being like two or 3%, but it's, it's just, it, I get more of the kombucha taste with a little bit of like that alcoholic like body, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I've put vodka and kombucha before. Oh, so. me too. Dude, <laughs> vodka and watermelon kombucha. Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. So what, what's in your uh, glass tonight though? Well, I've actually got three things. I had four. I had a, a cola LaCroix that I left in the shed, but um, I'm drinking. I brought the three things because one, I've been saving for the podcast that I wanted to drink, but it's uh, a wine called OPP. Oh, I've seen that, man. Uh... <laughs> and I, I said, I said to myself, so it, never it, had it. it. It stands for other people's Pinot. Okay. um i said to myself how can i not come on this podcast with two oh my goodness yeah and not have some opp right so and actually the um, winemaker he actually ended up doing a wine for the store i work for so we have an exclusive pinot called uh overjoy that was made by him dude that's fresh man so i had that and then we don't do wine on this show very much and i like when we do yeah. Well, you know, just trying to, I mean, especially with us being book nerds, you know, yeah, yeah. Wine and some books like, you know, no doubt. Um, the other thing I have was I brewed a little bit of coffee. And as a lot of people who've listened to the show before know, we had Carlos from Mestizo Coffee on. Yep. And so the coffee I brewed right now is called um, it's called the tonic. And yeah. It was a collaboration he did with um, Dudley Perkins or Declaim, as people know him as well. Um, I don't know if you're much familiar with any of his music or not, but he's no, done, I guess I'm not. Uh, well, you'll get familiar. Okay. But he he's done stuff like Stone's Throw, Mad Lib, all that. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, yeah. But so oh, tapped me to do um, a mix. So with his coffee, there's three that he's done. He did one with uh, Elemento. All right. And then he won with um, Peace 586. Nice. And then this one he did with uh, Declaim. So basically it comes with a QR code. You scan that QR code and it'll take you to exclusive music. 
Wow, so this, that's amazing. It'll take you to a, a mix that I did. And I did it old school mixtape style as far as side A and side B. Okay. So it'll take you to a mix. So um, um, I'll drop, make sure I drop in the show notes. We'll make sure we put the uh, code. Yeah, and to, to, to be clear too, like, I mean, let's turn this sort of into a commercial, right? Because uh, people can buy this, yes, yep. and yep. they can get your music by buying this yep. once they have the QR code from the bag, yeah? Yeah, and, and it, it's such a cool thing because, I mean, some of the artist ones are a little bit more money. I believe this one's $33 or something like that. Okay. But you're getting dope coffee and dope music, and it's exclusive music. Yeah. So you're yeah. getting coffee and an album all in one. So it's it's quality coffee, like you know, delicious. Wow. You know, so it's you know, it's independent coffee, independent music. You know, and and uh, we have. <laughs> I feel like I'm I'm on one of those uh, television shows. I didn't even mean to sound like that. Uh, call our eight hundred number right now for this exclusive yeah. coffee and this download no That's but right. but seriously though we do have like a uh a, a code right that or a, yep. a link that people can click through and then it also supports uh the show too right yeah I, I believe the code is shipwrecked but um i'll drop it in the um show notes yeah once this goes out and then so yeah if people i believe it's um you get five or ten percent off your order man so yeah, mestizo.coffee. That's the place. And um, for the people who've been listening, we did an interview with Carlos before. He's got an interesting story, um, just all around great guy. So, you know, just trying to keep supporting good yeah. people and good stuff. Yeah, I, I need to jump in on that too, because because uh, that stuff is amazing. And it was it was amazing, like hearing his story and, and what he's all about. And like, uh, I mean, all you got to do too is look online. Everybody loves the coffee. Mm-hmm. yeah um so i got one more thing i'm drinking yeah what is it and i decided to pour it's a local brewery called a uh, ferment Great right. name right yeah uh, but they're they're out of hood river but uh i'm sipping a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout mm, that looks delicious i said to myself there's a lot going on in the world right now so why don't i have myself <laughs> a russian imperial stout i think that's appropriate and i figure that was kind of appropriate to kind of some things we wanted to talk about that's right uh yeah russia has definitely been on the mind um that's for sure and and ukraine as well um you know i, I i'm really glad we get to catch up because this has been um a really weird situation with russia invading ukraine and mm-hmm. it's it's really interesting for me because I like to play armchair politician like I mean, everybody does. Right. But um, I, I kind of have a different perspective on a number of things. And like on Russian affairs, I've often felt out of step with common American opinions. And I've sometimes felt like Russia was doing good things. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh Sometimes I've even like agreed with some of Russia's complaints about international politics, but I also realize I'm just playing armchair, you know, and, uh, and my wife is from Russia and she grew up there. And of course, um, you know, she has very strong opinions about 
um, Vladimir Putin and and that kind of stuff. Very anti-Vladimir Putin, and mm-hmm. and has for a long time. So it's always like been of interest to me. And and of course, I also went to Ukraine many years ago on like a mission trip. Oh, oh. Yeah, and it, it was amazing too because uh, actually relevant to the show, I got to do Royal Ruckus songs in orphanages out there. So. <laughs> It, it was a really cool thing. And, uh, you know, I got to perform in all these different orphanages in different cities. And uh, it was actually kind of funny, too, because uh, I actually assembled what we called the Royal Rockettes. And it was uh, several like middle aged ladies um, that that came to back me up and uh, they they learned some of the lyrics and stuff and they, they played back up to, to some Royal Ruckus songs. One of the most oh. unique experiences yeah. uh, I've had. But anyway you know it's it's uh because of those experiences right like ukraine has always been on my mind and uh i'm always like interested in those politics and um right now man the like the actual invasion like the harming of civilians um yeah yeah like and it hit my wife harder than i than i thought and it's not my job to like tell her story but like you know uh she's got friends and relatives on both sides of the border and yeah this is a scary time and and then like also i mean just the reality is a lot of people are angry at russians that's uncomfortable you know um yeah and what vladimir putin orders isn't what ordinary russians necessarily want especially not americans you know not not russians who become americans yeah well i mean that's something we know as far as like just being you know, regular civilians, it's like, whatever our, you know, government officials say or do doesn't necessarily resonate with all the people. Yeah, yeah, you know, exactly. It's like, you know, I think with what's going on right now, it's, there's a lot of people starting to kind of have this anti-Russian, you know, sentiment already. Yeah, yeah. It's like, you know, it's kind of like, you know, there was the whole, you know, like, say, stop asian hate thing you know yeah and it's like i think we need to like let's let's not get too carried away like people are people and yeah. we need to stop and listen to people and not yeah. just lump everyone in with what one person is doing you know yeah 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 exactly yeah and i i i think that's that's the reality um you know there's a lot of things the u.s government has done in recent years that i haven't you know, approved of or whatever, really felt like was just. And uh, thank you, my love. Look at that. I got another yeah, athletic brewing IPA company. Right there. Run yeah. Wild IPA. You know, they just came out with a wit. Oh, did they? I haven't had it yet. I haven't had it yet either. I'll, I'll, I'll get it, try it, but yeah. Well, you know, all right, let me just like wrap up a few things on that. Uh, and I want to also say shout out to Inna. Uh, she's a she's actually a ruckus listener in Kiev. And, I, you know, I don't know what's going on with her. But a few years ago, uh, we actually sent a package out to her and she had a hip hop tacos and life shirt. And she sent some photos from in Kiev rocking that shirt in Kiev. So I don't I know. know. The, I think the bottom line is, you know, we need to pray for peace. Uh, we need to work for peace in any way we can. I, I don't know what that means, but, uh, but you know, we, we can't have countries going into other countries and killing innocent people. And so we've got to figure out a way to, to stop that. 
So the last thing I wanted to really say about Ukraine is it's totally crazy and this is hard to believe, but I swear it's true. So I bought this cheap watch in, when I was in Ukraine. Uh, my cell phone was the only thing I had used for time and it wasn't doing a good job keeping time over there for some reason. It was just messed up. So I bought a watch and the translator helped me get it and uh, he set it for me and I've never been able to change the time. And uh, But there's an alarm on it and the, the, I went to Ukraine 15 years ago. All right. That's how long ago this was. Yeah. And Is the watch still working? The watch still works. I've never changed the batteries. And the thing is, uh, the alarm goes off at like 5 a.m. every day. And uh, it's just a little beep. So it doesn't wake me up. Maybe if it were like close to my ear, it would wake me up. But like I have the thing tucked in a drawer, it doesn't wake me up. But if I'm up, uh, I always hear that beep. And um, I try to use it like as a reminder to pray for Ukraine. And, uh, and in particular, I would pray for like the orphans that I met in the orphanage when I was over there, but also for Ukraine in general. And it's interesting because I just heard it the other day um, before the the invasion and oh wow you know, it was fresh on my mind and you know i had just said a prayer for ukraine and so i i'm now like keeping it out actually out instead of in the drawer yeah know. yeah well i mean it's you know it's like you know we've got a prayer rope but it's yeah. like a prayer reminder you know it's like <laughs> exactly well, you, know, you know i've talked about visiting like different um you know russian parishes you know yeah um you know and, and so for the listeners like if you if you visit a uh, a Russian Orthodox Church. A lot of times there'll be a bell. They'll hit bells, so it's yeah. kind of a, a a reminder to pray. Now, some will be louder bells, and some will be quieter bells. Yeah. Now, me and my family, we were visiting one for the first time. We were more in the narthex in the entrance of the church. Um, we weren't used to that, and all of a sudden, I mean, if you weren't if you weren't attentive. <laughs> Those yeah. bells will make you attentive. Yeah, the newcomers like jumping because <laughs> the bell. But you know, a, a little call to prayer. I think that's. I think that's you know a beautiful thing. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, the last thing I want to say about Ukraine is there's this great song that I found uh, a lot of years ago too. I think it was actually when I was getting ready to go to Ukraine. I wanted to try to find some Ukrainian rap and they had had like a super controversial election in like 2004 and they ended up having a recount and uh, or like they did the election again or something like that and uh, there actually had been a rap song that had been like an anthem that became part of a popular uprising that caused them to go back to the polls and end up electing the other guy I mean it was just this crazy wow. thing that like i didn't even catch it in the news when it happened i only know about it be uh later because i got interested in ukrainian stuff but the song is yeah. called uh razamnas bahato i'm probably saying it wrong but i think we should play a, a a clip of it and it's by a crew called green jolly
But yeah, I mean, you know, for me, the thing I've been dwelling on a lot lately is just is, you know, is gratitude. Yeah. And especially everything that's been going on the past couple of years, I think there was a point where I was starting to kind of get depressed, you yeah. know, and, you know, not not consciously. I mean, I don't know if anybody consciously gets depressed, but, sure, sure. you know, it's easy to kind of start slowly getting into a downward spiral yeah and you know like, um, I, like you almost feel like i think you don't realize you are until you are right. yeah like yeah. like the slow boiling of the water it's like it gradually mm -hmm. gets worse and worse but you don't know until it's boiling that's it, it, that's what i think depre how depression comes on for me yeah well and i know you would talked about that on a episode i don't know some years ago i think it was one with your cousin or something but you were talking yeah. about you know and i think that's the thing is like i just coming to the point also and i was like i need to how do i get out of this and a, a lot yeah. of it was my thoughts you know it was my thought life and you know especially reading um i've been reading this book called our thoughts determine our lives by a uh, yeah. um and i tell you man it's like I could sit here and grumble and complain about my situation yeah. or I could count my blessings. Yeah. You know, and I realized being grateful and counting my blessings like has a literal effect on not just my attitude, but even just physically because stress has an effect on you physically. Yeah. Oh, you know? dude, absolutely. And so even just, how I react to my wife and my kids is like being grateful. Like, I mean, even simple things like taking a shower and saying, thank you, God, for this hot water. There's people yeah. who don't have, and especially right now with everything, like we're talking about with like Ukraine and Russia and all that, it's like being able to be thankful and just super small things, you know, it, it's that boiling effect to the, to the good as far as yeah. like, you start being grateful for small things and you see, oh, hey, I have this, I have this, I have this, like my car breaks down. Thank you, God, for my two legs that I can walk to work with. Yeah, you know? yeah. Um, you know, I, that reminds me of uh, something that I think it was Jordan Peterson said recently where he was talking about just being grateful that uh, catastrophe <laughs> was at bay. Mm -hmm. And I started, and he talks a lot about like malevolence and catastrophe as being like things that are very common in life. There's yeah. a lot of both. And, uh, and a lot of our life is avoiding those things. Um, but yet sometimes we cause them too. So um, when, when you're not causing them actively <laughs> and, <laughs> and they're not happening, or maybe, maybe yeah. they're happening in a way that you're managing well, then then you can at, there's like a place for gratitude right there i think mm -hmm. because when you are in utter catastrophe particularly one that is driven by someone's malevolence or something's malevolence like um i i don't you know like i i think it's very difficult to do anything other than suffer um yeah yeah um but but when you start managing it well mm -hmm or it's at bay for a while and you have a break. I think it's good to be grateful. <laughs> yeah. 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 Dude, I mean, it's so true, but you know, um, 
sometimes being able yeah well you know it's like it's like for us you know it's like we're you know orthodox christians and you know it's there's certain things where you have that struggle and it's like this is for my salvation this is a saving thing and that's not always easy to think you know um but you know even to someone who maybe isn't even a Christian, if you're going through adverse times, like that's something that can strengthen you that can kind of, um, you know, help you look at the bright side of things, you know, because, you know, I know I've realized like, you know, like I just hit 40 last month, you know, and it's like, I I realize sometimes like all these things I've been working for in my twenties, I don't want to say they don't matter, but like, there's like, I don't care about keeping up with fashion anymore. You know, like, you know, I dress how I dress and that's pretty much it. Like I'm, I literally am out of touch, like (laughs) fleek, not a word anymore. I tried, but it's not, you know, Yeah, yeah. but it's like, you know, realizing, okay, well, what, what does matter to work for? And I think that's the thing is like being grateful for what you have. It, it really gives you such a different attitude to where you can go into adverse situations. I can have a bad day at work or, you know, deal with whatever. And I'm like, you know what? I got a job. Thank you. Yeah. Right. You know, right. Like I feed well, my family for, you know, a, a, a couple episodes ago, you know, we ran that uh, recording that I did when I was like 12 or 11 or something with my yeah. Aunt Mary. Yeah. And like, when you think about her life, like they lived in a train car for a while, you know, like mm-hmm. um, she died, you know, uh, like, like when she died, the house that she lived in, she had given birth to many of her children in like, and it had been like a one room thing. Like she knew basically absolute poverty. Um, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. she was one of the happiest, most joyful, contented, giving yeah. people that yeah. I ever knew, you know, mm-hmm. So like, there's a deeper satisfaction than, than, you know, so much of what this life uh, offers us. Um, yeah. But e- even in plenty, like what, what, whether thin or plenty, like we have to find that space of gratitude. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, what's funny is like two things is like on that episode. Number one, when I was listening to that, I, I believe I was shoveling snow and chopping wood. so it just felt right you know yeah that was appropriate but but, you know but on top of that it's like it it did make me you know give me that sense of like wow like you know this woman went through so much and did so much with so with and just content with so little i can do that too you know what i mean yeah (laughs) but Yeah. yeah that was yeah it was powerful man yeah well, one of the things that was important to her was uh, children, and you know, they the uh, I, I think I think we mentioned on the episode, or I mentioned that on the episode that she gave cookies to children. Then she, for years, had an open door policy; kids could walk in there. So she she was always just really dedicated to children, and uh, which is a good segue to my second thing I want to talk about, which. Uh, you don't know that I'm here to talk about that. And that's that we baptized my son, Gregory. And, oh, uh, you know, that might be unusual 
to a few of our listeners, but I just wanted to talk a little bit about why it makes me excited and um, that kind of thing. And a little bit about why we do that. I actually got to offer a toast that was, um, it was actually kind of funny. I didn't think it was this, but uh, a gentleman came up to me after that, after that, and he said, thank you for the history lesson. That was excellent, professor. And <laughs> I, I was, uh, I was actually trying to be inspirational, not, not professorial, but you know, in the Orthodox Church, we baptize our children. Uh, you know, we consider them full-fledged members of the church. And one of the first things they do after they're baptized is, well, they're, they're chrismated, um, which is an anointing of oil. It represents the seal of the Spirit. It is the seal of the Holy Spirit. And, yep. and then that's fulfilled with communion. Like we feed our children, like right yeah. away. Yeah. Um, so, it's, it's one of the unique things about orthodoxy. I mean, you might find it in some like individual churches or whatever that might, yeah. might be doing things like that. But um, orthodoxy is kind of unique in making children fully members like right away. And uh, I mean, not right, right away. I mean, Gregory was like four months, but, um, right. but very young. Very oh, young. You know, there are a lot of reasons for this, and this is not a theology podcast, but, you know, just a couple things just real quick. It's like, uh, you know, in the Bible, circumcision was like a, a sign for the Jews that, you know, set, set the child apart. And that was only given to males, but uh, it nonetheless counted for the females. It was sort of a, a co covenantal relationship. Yeah. Well, baptism is a covenantal relationship, too. And the thing that sets apart is the waters of baptism. And it, it not only replaces circumcision, uh, like it becomes more than that. And uh, in fact, I think it's uh, St. Peter that talks about it being like, um, like Noah's Ark in the flood. Like talk about shipwrecks, like <laughs> baptism yeah. is yeah. in that symbolism, yeah. like it's the ultimate shipwreck or the salvation through the shipwreck. And, yeah. and so like, it was just a beautiful thing. And we had some friends there. We had some uh, non-Orthodox friends there that they don't baptize their children. And uh, my, my mother, you know, did not raise me that way. And she was there and it was just a beautiful time where we had a great yeah. experience with, with a lot of people um, with when it happened, there was kind of a surge in COVID. So we had to mask up and stuff, um, yeah. but it was still very beautiful. And, uh, the Godfather came in. My good friend Garabed Sarkeesian, uh, his his wife is the one who did the artwork for some of the Cicada CD, and uh, she did the paintings. Yeah. So like beautiful. it was just this beautiful reunion, beautiful time of family and friends, and uh, yeah, it was just really cool. And I wanted to share that. <laughs> well, dude, I mean. Well, I mean, I know you said this isn't a theology podcast, but if people want to know more about some of those things, you could listen to Bad Books of the Bible on Ancient Faith Radio, hosted by Jamie Bennett and Joel Miller. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah. Um, which actually my son was asking about like some stuff in Maccabees. I'm like, well, actually. <laughs> yeah. You so could listen to Bad Bible. Yeah, I, I'm really glad we're creating it. I might as well talk about it here for a second, too, because um, I was going to plug it at the end, but I'll just mention it now. So, you know, I, I think I've mentioned it before, too. Bad Books of the Bible is this podcast I do with Joel Miller, where we go through these books of the Bible that certain uh, people have don't accept as part of the Bible. Right. So yeah. but for the Orthodox, these books were basically there from the beginning. 
and uh, they're part of the Old Testament, as as we would call it, um, you know, and they were Jewish books that were ultimately preserved by Christians. And so it's a really like, uh, we try to treat it in such a way that whether you're just interested from a historical standpoint, or you're more interested in spiritual stuff, whether you think these are scripture or not, we just try to make it interesting. And, you know, Joel's an avid book reader. He's a real sharp guy. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a bit of a Bible nerd. So we put our heads together and, um, you know, that's what we make. And, and it's a lot of fun. So that is that plug. It's it, and you don't, you don't even have to uh, sign up or join the club or uh, take a pledge. <laughs> no, I was like, I've been, I've been listening to it and I've been digging it. I, just, I need to listen to the very last, the one y'all did with uh, Father Stephen DeYoung and I'll be caught up, but um, I've been going through Maccabees, just reading it. I mean, I've read it before, nice. but you know, yeah, I've seen a list of like all the books. I've, I mean, honestly, that was one thing that led me even to, you know, becoming orthodox was like i've always been into all those books you know the yeah. quote-unquote apocrypha right yeah and yeah. also wait what y'all believe this too like this is part of like descriptions. <laughs> all right cool yeah i'm it you know i mean yeah. you have that in incense i'm here <laughs> you yeah know? well and, and we tr we've tried to make the podcast so that like it, it's always there so mm -hmm you know, it's not something that's just based on this week and then it's irrelevant. Like yeah. it's a body of work. So like we, we talk through a book. So it, it's almost like a guided tour um, yeah. of, of each book. And, you know, we're really only two books in, we're getting ready to do our third. Um, so for people that, you know, want to learn, it's, it's actually pretty cool because it's a free education essentially. Um, yeah, it is. It is. It, it's, it's helped me a lot too, because, uh, you, you know, I, I really like, um, you know, I really like studying scripture. I've got a degree in it and everything, but this is a part that I haven't studied formally in school. This is a part mm. of scripture that when I got that Bible degree was not in my Bible. Mm. Um, so, you know, I've had to study it subsequently, uh, and right. I'm still engaged in the study. So, and that's fun. It's a nice challenge. Uh, I'm a teacher at heart and I can't, I can't, uh, I might've left the classroom, but I can't escape it ultimately. Well, I mean, that's good. Cause like I'm, I'm a learner at heart. I just like to soak up information, you know? <laughs> um, and I, I find I do my best at learning when there's, I, I'm a horrible test taker. Yeah. You know, and I do a good job as far as like, just like learning at my own pace. And when I, when I want to learn something, I learn it. So like, you know, when it comes to a lot of those things, like yeah. I was interested in a lot of that. Like I've, I've read books on like different beer styles and, you know, wines and things like that. And it's like, there was, I mean, I took a test to be a certified specialist of wine and I failed yeah. it miserably, but that's oh, because no. geography is a big, big portion in yeah. wine. And I didn't study that hard enough, but um, but when I want to learn something, I, I just go, you know, I head first into it. So it's like yeah. when it comes to, you know, scripture and some things like that, it's like, I, I search it out cause I, I want to know it. And so if, you know, if there's a test on it, like I'll know some things, you know, but, um, that's why I've really been enjoying, like, you know, the, you know, the bad books, the Bible podcast. Cause I'm like, Oh, I've been into this. It's, yeah. it's, it's like, it's like liner notes of what I've been, yeah. you know, into, you know, but, 
Well, um, and and one of the cool things too, when even for people who aren't familiar with it, if they are familiar with other parts of the Old Testament, uh, so much of it just sounds biblical. Like it sounds yeah. the same. It yeah. just so it's like listening to a band that you know has this album of unreleased hits or something or uh, not hits but you know unreleased songs yeah. and yeah. you're it's like a diehard fan yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so yeah. that that's <laughs> i like that that's the new one for it They're, it's it's the b-sides so right. I, I i've been calling it uh it's the director's cut you know yeah. like the yeah. extended version but uh yeah. but i like b-sides i like the musical analogy yeah well, now uh so that that was my second thing uh what's your second thing that i don't and your first thing that i don't know about um i mean dude like the other thing i was just kind of thinking about was just you know i mean it kind of goes along with gratitude but i was just thinking about as far as you know this might seem silly but i've been watching a lot of things with mr rogers lately oh word and I watched this one video with him. He was on, um, I think it was Johnny Carson. Yeah. And, uh, you know, because uh, Eddie Murphy would do some like, you know, he would do like the his whole like Mr. Rogers thing on SNL. Right. And so, you know, Mr. Rogers got a picture with Eddie Murphy and he showed it to him. And, he's, and they're like, you know, what do you think of that? And he's like, well, some of the stuff, like, I don't think it's that funny. But he's like, but some of it I like, you know. But I was just thinking as far as like Mr. Rogers and just like, I don't know, dude, it just, it took me back to the time of simplicity, you yeah, know, and even right. like stacking onto gratitude, but also even just like, um, you know, joy. Yeah. You know, yeah. it, you know, I mean, like, I, I, I'm not trying to like make this like this super heavy episode, but same time, you know, like it's all shipwrecks. Right. Yeah. And, you know, I've had some shipwrecks lately as far as like, right. you know, things going on at, you know, my job and things like that, where it's just like, I have decisions to make, you yeah. know, but I'm like, you know what, I could be this dude walking into the work all the time and just angry, bitter, bad attitude about this, that, and the third and point fingers, or I could just be joyful. And then yeah. take that joy and and then spread that joy. It's it's like one smile. You smile at a stranger, that stranger smiles at another stranger, yeah. Yeah. and so forth. You know, um, and I mean, I know that's like kind of piggybacking onto the gratitude, but it's just there's these things that just kind of keep stacking onto each other, and it's like it yeah. just kind of helps me get out of that that you know. I mean, I'm in the Northwest, but you know, gray skies and whatnot, like <laughs> gloomy all the time. <laughs> yeah you know and it's like no yeah. like i i can be that source of light for people but i have to uh, allow that you know yeah well i th i think with mr rogers you know the key to his whole operation was kindness mm -hmm. and he took a genuine interest in everybody and mm -hmm. you know he's the kind of guy that would maybe almost uncomfortably look you in the eye uh yeah be because he's just so singularly focused on you uh, I've read, you know, a couple biographies about him and, you know, to catch the little, little things here and there. And of course the movies, um, you know, I've become 
as an adult, I, uh, in recent years, I've actually kind of become a fanboy of Mr. Rogers, yeah. but you know, full disclosure, I'm of the right age toward the end of his career. I grew up on Mr. Rogers and, you know, the last few years of his career yep. and of course the reruns. Um, yeah. and you know, it's, it's kind of incredible because I think, you know, we were talking about children earlier, like when children are young, especially the, the experiences they have and the input that they have is like very deeply seated in who they become. And that's yeah. not to say that you can't have a bad childhood and a good life. This can happen. Absolutely. Oh, um, yeah, fine. But, you know, Fr Fred's whole operation was like, hey, this time is just really crucial. And let's yeah. get in there and let's, uh, you know, let's really impact these children. And uh, when I watch his stuff sometimes, man, I, I don't know, I get emotional. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I've actually watched some episodes recently and I, I sometimes get really emotional watching it. And uh, I think he had a bigger impact on me when I was little than I realized, yeah. you know. Dude, I mean, it, it's, I mean, and, and some of it could be nostalgia, but I think a lot of it is like when you go back, and you look at some of those things, you're like, wow, like I was being given so much kindness and joy from this person that I didn't yeah. realize at the time because I was worried about like, am I going to get, you know, chocolate milk with my peanut butter and jelly at lunch? <laughs> <laughs> you know right. what I'm saying? Right. But it's like, like you're saying, like I look back on some of those things, I'm like, dude, it's like that guy had such... I mean, talk about a beautiful soul. Yeah, for real. You know, it's like, and, like man, we, and we dude, need he, Roger now. He tackled tough stuff. And yeah, like, it, and it wasn't even, you know, he, he did do some really intense stuff, uh, like after 9-11, he had an address, you know, and, and that kind of stuff. But even in the ordinary show, you know, yeah. he had episodes about divorce uh, yeah. and death. Like when his fish yeah. died, he saw that as an opportunity, you know, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so he dealt with heavy stuff. He dealt with yeah. the realness of life. He wasn't all sugar coating and, yeah. you know, he was actually really critical. A lot of children's TV because it was so loud and bright and it is, you know, it gets kids attention. Uh, but he yeah. was really cautious and he did the opposite of that. He was slow. He was respectful. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He always treated the, the children as, he, he human beings and equals because they are you know um yeah. so and and of course his arsenio hall interview is incredible and uh i've got some clips of that for the mr rogers of the rap game record when that finally gets finished but looking forward uh, to that man i love entering into i'm glad you brought up mr rogers because um i haven't worked on the record as much as i'd like to but i've worked a lot on the mr rogers stuff and, mm -hmm. you know, I've just spent so much time in the last few years immersing myself in like knowledge about him and, uh, you know, got to go to his grave and uh, oh, wow. just like a number of really cool experiences that I'll talk about, you know, at another time. But um, he was just really a remarkable dude. And, you know, I mentioned earlier, like, I also love Jordan Peterson and they kind of have slightly different messages, but I think they're like different messages for different times. You know, yeah, yeah. sometimes you need the guy to say, I like you exactly how you are. Mm -hmm. That's Mr. Rogers. And then yep. at other times in your life, you need someone to say, 
you know, get it together, bucko. And I like who you can become too, you know? (laughs) Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, but it's like, you know, even like, you know, within, you know, Orthodox Christianity, it's like, come as you are. It's like gentle, but at the same time, it's like the bar is set high. Yeah. Like, yeah. Keep striving to get there. But like, don't focus on your failures. Like you fall, you get up you fall you get up fall you get up but keep getting up that's the key you know yeah so now you mentioned earlier that you've kind of found your like fashion comfort and yes um i've actually been evolving and you know i've really been like a beer t-shirt kind of guy or like a band shirt um funny because every time i see you it's always an adidas shirt well, that's, that's the last, uh, couple of years it's been, it's been oh. changing. So, you know, I've always been doing, <laughs> yeah, I know. So that, that's the thing. It's like, like in all the roles that I'm in now, I'm having mm-hmm. to like, I don't know, grow up a little bit, be a little more professional. Um, yeah. and like in a lot of, a lot of the places that I go, it's not appropriate to rock a band t-shirt. Um, yeah. and, and then of course, like, I've also tried to get my health in a little better order and uh, you know, I'm still carrying a little more weight than I'd like to, but you know, I'm, do, I'm doing better and, and like athletic shirts fit better now. Um, yeah. So I've been kind of like evolving a little bit and uh, also my beard has been evolving now. Of course it always like sometimes it's big, sometimes it's, it's less, but you know, I probably bigger in general. I've been trying to keep it more, more clean cut for the environments that I'm in, but still respectable. Uh, right. And by respectable, I mean respectable to other beards um, right. <laughs> within the community. <laughs> within um, the community. Yeah, you know, look, good beards respect good beards. Um, That's true. Th- this is this is a thing, um, and and so I try to keep it, you know, still in the lane that I can still qualify with the beard crew. Uh, but you know, like a few things, I, I, I don't know how much our listeners actually care when we talk about hair and beard care, but it's just something oh, we've always you. done on the show. <laughs> so like I used to use the no poo method for shampooing. And that was like most of the week I would just use conditioner twice. I just like condition and then scrub like shampoo. I don't do that anymore. And the, the main reason is like I've bringing all my hair in a little closer. So I'm just using regular, regular stuff for that. And I do condition my beard. Uh, I do still sometimes use an olive oil lotion, but mostly it's just my main strategy besides washing it is uh, beard oil. And I'm not using fancy beard oil anymore, really. I'm just getting, I think I actually might've mentioned this part recently that I've started getting it at like Marshall's and Ross. And, uh, you know, I always check the dates to make sure it's not super old because you don't want a rancid oil. You You don't. And I, I, you know, I made the mistake at one point of making too big of a batch of homemade beard oil and some of it went rancid. So it's actually way more cost effective to buy the commercial stuff. But even then you go online, a lot of the beard oils are like 20 bucks, 40 bucks. Um, 
you know, for like an ounce or half an ounce, even sometimes it's, it can be really expensive. Well, you can actually often find really reasonable beard oils that have like pretty natural ingredients or ingredients that you're maybe not going to want. I mean, come on. If you ever, ever use gel in your hair, there's a lot of beard oils that may even have slightly funky stuff, but really probably not a big deal. Um, but my favorites are the ones that are basically just oil and like a little like essential oil and yeah you know, avocado oil or coconut yeah. base or uh, whatever it may be. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny because it's like I've been, um, I mean, I haven't trimmed mine for, I trimmed up my mustache the other day because I got tired of eating it, especially having to wear a mask at work. I mean, I think oh, yeah. our mask is going to be lifted mid-March or something, but um, I got tired of, you know, eating my mustache all the time and then even just like, you know, eating super foods all the time and it's always just there. And so I was like, okay, so I trimmed it up, but I haven't trimmed my beard. I kind of dig it. Yeah. I haven't combed it though. I've got a nice wooden comb that distributes the oils evenly. Yeah. Um, but having to like just shove it in a mask all the time, I'm just like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. So maybe I'll just, maybe I'm letting that dread, you know, <laughs> it's not on my right. head now, it's on my face. But <laughs> um, but is what I have been doing though is for beard care is like i've been doing um I, I usually will use like um i've made my own like black soap like african black soap shampoo and i'll use that okay. in my beard and then um i'll use shea butter and then i have some avocado oil which i actually just need to make some like beard balm yeah but then yeah. i'll use a mixture of different essential oils even just for like my like kind of a cologne right so it's usually yeah. a mixture of vetiver frankincense himalayan cedarwood and sandalwood so every wow. time I, and some ambers, but every time I add those, I'll rub it in my beard. But, but is what I do need to do is I break down and actually make some like beard oil. Cause the last actual beard oil I bought was from a, a monastery in um, uh, Vashon Island. Oh, um, wow. And so That's they big. actually made, the, the monks had made some beard oil. Cause everybody's like, you guys need to make beard oil. Cause they're monks. They've all got beards, sure, <laughs> you know? Sure. And um, so they made some beard oil and it was like, and I got like the sandalwood one. It was just a gentle sandalwood scent <laughs> and it, it was great, you know, but I mean, but it's funny that you mentioned avocado oil. Cause like I've been doing basically shea butter and avocado oil with some essential oils, yeah. you know, but yeah. here, here's the ironic thing that. is just last night. I taught my son how to shave. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. I was wow. trimming my mustache. I'm like, well, I, I, I'm not going to shave. You know, yeah. I, you know, but I'll, I I remember how to do it. So here's yeah. how it is, you know. So, you know, he's able to shave his chin <laughs> one night, kept his mustache, you know, because he's, you know, 16. Yeah. So that that's always the thing is like, you definitely have to learn. It's a skill you have to learn. Uh, even mm -hmm. if you're going to have a beard, you need to learn to shave. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I actually have learned more about shaving since growing a beard. Uh, and I wish I'd really learned properly from, from the very beginning. So kudos to you for, for trying to teach your boy. Uh, and another thing, facial hair often just looks uncomfortable on teenagers, not always, but sometimes yeah. it can look really uncomfortable. So uh, it's important for them to, I think, know how to shave properly yeah. so that they can find their right comfort level. Cause it's a, it's such a like weird age in stage in life you gotta yep. like find your comfort zone 
bro, I look at pictures of myself when I was like 19 to 20, I think. I couldn't grow anything on my chin. So I let my sideburns grow and it would be scraggly on my chin. So I just shaved my chin. So it was like extra chops. And yeah. I look back and I'm, it looks like I just like fell on my chin. Like I should have oh, just man. left. It. <laughs> but, pretty you funny. know. That's pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, I've, I've been, uh, you know, I've been watching the insurance industry for a while now because uh, I've, I've, I've been like, working sort of in the insurance industry for like 14 years, I think. And I've been like really in the industry industry, like going to trade shows and that kind of stuff. Like I think almost nine years now, like, geez, this is, this is what getting to middle ages. Um, yeah. Keep getting farther and farther from uh, beginnings. Um, but it's cool. I'm really glad to have been like with one company for this long. And, you know, I've done some, some other stuff in there too. Uh, always had, you know, the music hustle and all that stuff, but being in the industry and looking around the, the landscape is changing a little bit by landscape. I mean, the man facial scape, uh, you're getting more mm -hmm. beards and it's way more, uh, you know, uh, allowable it seems. And yeah. I've, actually seen a number of dudes with some really nice uh sizable like your style beards um after the pandemic um mm -hmm. so i think they grew them at home because <laughs> they didn't have to yep, come into yep. the office yep yep but nonetheless i've tamed my beard a little bit um mostly i'm trying to act presidential and uh <laughs> You know, we live in a country where everybody's got their shaved face. Oh, I mean, when's the last time a president had a beard? Dude, I tell you what, if there was a president with a beard, I would vote for him. I don't care right? what party. Like, are. I'd be real tempted to. Now, I probably yeah. would want to know his policies, but. Yeah, uh, I would. Be... <laughs> would too, but if, I, but, if, I, if I saw a picture of him without his policies, I'd be like, I think I'm going to vote for him. I, <laughs> I'm like, I think I think it'll come it'll come but it used to be normal i mean it was not yeah. always i mean you know it yeah. wasn't like you had to have a, a beard but it used to be more normal and lincoln even had yep. some facial hair you know right yeah oh, so yeah. you know what what you got to do what you got to do but the the reason i bring up all this stuff is that like you know i've been going to all these trade shows and uh, mostly like i set up a booth i meet people i network that's that's the thing i do but here's the thing in my heart i'm like a teacher and, uh, you know, I do a lot of marketing and that kind of stuff, but I realized in my industry, there's a lot of opportunities to teach and, um, I don't have all the expertise, but there are areas where my knowledge could benefit others. And so like, I've started just offering, you know, Hey, I'll teach. And, uh, I've been getting some opportunities and then, um, I don't know, I don't even remember how it happened. Somebody Oh, I think a conference called and they were like, Hey, also, would you be interested? Do you guys have something you'd like to demonstrate? And I said, what if I had a rap song? And he said, uh, yeah, we've got a stage. We, that's really cool. I've never had anybody say they'd like to rap about their business. Well, <laughs> I don't, I don't have a rap song about my business or I didn't. And, um, but suddenly I had a guy saying he would give me the stage. And so I'm like, well, I know how to do this. Mm -hmm. And um, I know how to rap. 
<laughs> yeah, but you know, honestly, I was worried because I have tried to write commercial raps before. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, even early on in Royal Ruckus history, I got asked uh, for a motorcycle company to write a jingle for them or something. I couldn't do so it. So you literally mean commercial raps. <laughs> yeah, like actual rap, like about a business. Right, right. You know, get you singing the business's name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, throw in their jing, their it's a jingle, you know, right? Like, yep. um, but so like what I wanted to do for this one though is I wanted it to be like a legitimate song and mm-hmm. not just a jingle. And um, cause I, cause really honestly, it was how it happened. It was that I got offered this space on a stage and I thought, oh, I need something for the crowd. So I just leaned back on MC. Not, I wasn't even thinking for, com- for an actual commercial. I was thinking, how do I present my material in a rap song? How do I present right. what our company does in a rap song? And uh, anyway, I hit up DJ Sean P and I said, uh, I said, I need it to sound like classic hip hop. And, but uh, you know, with a nice Royal Ruckus type vibe, cause he really gets, I feel like he really gets us. Um, yeah. and, and I said, but um, there can't be samples. Mm. And he came up with this glorious beat that sounds like classic hip hop with samples, but it's not samples. And I mm. was able to write a song and uh, I don't know. It's okay for rappers to boast. I feel weird about boasting, but like, I actually, I feel like I wrote a really good song. <laughs> I, I, it feels weird. That's, that's MCing. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but when I rap know, okay, it, so. I, I can say I'm a dope rapper. I can say that in a rap, but I, I guess as a, it's not in my personality to not say it in a rap. Like, okay, but bro, <laughs> I, 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 okay, so you know just a, a quick plug you know it's like i i was on a um uh felipe's garage podcast hosted by cookbook and yeah. some other right so um you know shout outs to king and e green um yeah but uh they have a, a little segment called friendly game of baseball friendly game of baseball taken taken from the classic main source you know yeah song game of baseball from their classic album which was the introduction to nas you know live at the barbecue so on so forth 1991 okay um you know just a little hip-hop history yeah but it's like um so i had a little so i i I partook of that battle i did not win you know i'm saying but (laughs) there's another one there's another one coming up and i'm gonna be part of it but but it's hard because it's like you know I'm I'm uh, such an introverted dude, but yeah. it's like I love I love rhyming, I love rapping, and it's like yeah. you know when it comes to battle and there's times I'm like okay, it's like it's like how can I like still like maintain my integrity and not like rip someone apart, but at the same time like rip someone apart, you know? Right, right. dude. That it's it's tricky, and like I've seen Christians. Uh, do it fairly well and i've seen stuff that makes me really uncomfortable yeah um, i remember it made a big impression on me early in when i was on the hip-hop scene in bakersfield um there was this crew called fluid intelligence i don't know whatever happened to them they were they were incredible and yeah and they they had b-boys and uh dj and the whole night in fact their dj also was our dj for a while um 
and shout out to Dustin, DJ Dust. Another different DJ Dust. Okay. Not Marzo. Uh, no, no. This is the Bakersfield DJ Dust. Right. And uh and Royal Ruckus DJ Dust one time. Um, anyway, they they were amazing, but like they'd go out and do battles and they were pretty confrontational. Mm-hmm. But my impression of it at the time was the confrontational was all within the game of rap, so yeah. to speak. Yeah. And they never ultimately disrespected anybody. It was almost like they were just defending. Well, because like in rap battles, you're you're almost fighting each other. You know, you're picking on the other yeah. person, and you're you're uh, talking about how great you are. And uh, essentially, a lot of these guys would get capped on for being Christians. So there was almost always like a defense of being a Christian and a dope MC. And I always felt like they held their ground without like stepping on, uh, like without being complete, like completely unchristian, if that makes sense. Yeah. Well, I mean, but it's what's dope about like this whole thing, just even from that one, you know, quote unquote battle, because basically you just, you know, you basically write a battle verse, not knowing what they've said, and then submit okay. it okay you know and so but is what came out of that is like the dude i quote unquote battled he's from a dope crew but like we're we, we're going to start collaborating on like songs nice you know and i'm yeah, like that's fresh like that's that's hip-hop right there i mean you know you think of like krs1 talking about like you know we battled so we weren't like fighting and doing all this like that's hip-hop you know yeah yeah, I mean, well, and I, you know, honestly, I like I do I do nerd out on some of the classic battles and stuff, but I honestly don't get into that. Like, I wouldn't want to battle anybody right now, and that's not because I wouldn't like. I think it would be an incredible task, but yeah, honestly, where would I find the time and energy? And especially these things get really petty sometimes. Yeah, um, I I tell you, dude, like battles are great but like ciphers are where it's at for me right. i love cypher. so so that's that's even better but i i still think i want to say one more thing about battles to defend it in a sense like what you yeah. did on that show was cool because like you're in a competition there's like a stated purpose i think street corner competitions are fine like it's yeah. all part of the hip-hop history i love freaking eight mile like that's such a great encapsulation of that um but as far as like a way to live a life or be like i'm not interested in that as an artist really right yeah yeah so you want to make songs yeah exactly you know but i i can resonate with like you talk about the cypher and for the non-hip-hop people like this is when everybody gets in a circle and they freestyle rap together you know and then um, you got some dude doing this yes which by the way gregory is going to be a great beatboxer he's discovered his uh now you just need to give him that (laughs) hey i've got a dog that needs to come in i'm sorry Nah, go for it you don't even have to edit that hello olivia i know she can't be seen by the world but this is Olivia Chug. Funny, I let my dog out and you let yours in. Yeah, I don't know why she's so excited to see me, but she was scratching there's, at the door. There's not a song that says, who let the dogs in? 
Hmm? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> well, there should be. That, that's a missing uh, opportunity for a sequel. But so so uh, so let me let me take it back to uh, to my sellout here, right? So you're you're all on this, you know, really classic hip hop tip. You know, you're getting your your rap credentials, um, I mean, and hopefully, <laughs> here I am actively selling out. Um, yeah, but dude, here's what's cool: is you work for a company that has the word forensics in its name. Yeah, that's. I'm like, yo, man, this on some like, you know, X Files type stuff. Well, that's, that's true. <laughs> yeah, I, I work with a company that does investigations, right? So, uh-huh. uh, and I work with a bunch of engineers. So I work with really smart people, and mm. the main thing they do is they answer questions, uh, and the question is usually about property damage. And oh, so, like, they're trying to figure out like cause, origin, timeline of damage, and so. You know, there might not be dead bodies like you think of with CSI type stuff, um, but it's still like the same principles of investigation, you know, that, and they, they have to hold up to like scientific scrutiny and good engineering standards and all of that. Now, I'm not an engineer, but like I've, you know, I've seen these reports, I've participated in the process on a lot of these things uh, over many years, and and now I also do marketing for it, and it just made sense to encapsulate all that in a song. And what was kind of cool, it was like my secret project uh, for a while. And uh, the the thing is, I actually, my boss didn't even, I had everything written, recorded and mastered before Mm -hmm. he even looked at the lyrics. And uh, I, I, maybe that was a little bold, but uh, it worked and he loved it. So uh, so anyway, I made this song. I haven't even gotten to, to perform it where I made the song for, like the mm-hmm. the, the conference. But uh, I ended up having an opportunity to perform it in Miami, and uh, mm-hmm. it went really well. Um, it was at first a little uncomfortable to be rapping in an insurance seminar with, <laughs> you know, well, with I'm, my jacket on. You know, anybody who follows you on Instagram saw <laughs> the video. That's right. You know? That's you know? right. Yeah, and it, it and it it went very well, and uh, so I'm really looking forward to doing it at the next conference, which will be in New Orleans. And yeah. uh, I'm gonna use this song wherever I can in the industry while while it's fresh and new. And uh, I actually want to play it here today on the show. This would be the first time that it will be heard in its recorded form, and it's not even available for streaming yet. So exclusive, exclusive exclusive so get your tape decks ready <laughs> that's right exactly <laughs> oh man that would be amazing I, that would be a great instagram video instagram story of recording with your tape deck exactly yeah you know here's what i was just thinking about right so you know you're part of a crew called royal ruckus right yeah double r y'all i'm like there needs to be a real a royal ruckus shirt but it looks like the Rough Riders logo, but it says Royal Ruckus. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fun. We, we we need to set up a Zazzle or something so we can uh, make yeah. all of our ideas come to light. I mean, just like a 25 shirt run, you know, before they have oh, the season. Go. You know yeah. what I'm saying? <laughs> you, you think they'll come after? They I might. don't think. I mean, I don't know, <laughs> dude. 
I got a homie who runs a coffee shop out here and he did like a small like t-shirt run of like the coffee shop logo, but it yeah. was like the, the Portland Trailblazers like font. Yeah. And he got a cease and desist. I think it was like 25 shirts or something like that. So wow. I mean, but you know, cease and desist is fine because then you just yeah. stop. The well, lawsuits we, where you're like, nah. <laughs> we had these uh friends in this ska band. So that dates it. That was in the early days of Royal Ruckus. They were called the Scholastics. And okay. it would uh, be which, the Scholastics. Well, no, actually, when originally it was just the Scholastics. Oh, and wow. uh I'm pretty sure it was just the Scholastics at first. And then uh, they used the logo from Scholastic Books and they just added an S or whatever. And uh, and then, I don't know, they got in trouble for that. And they got a cease and desist. And, you know, these guys were like, some of them were high school, some of them were college. They didn't know what to do with that. So um, they changed it to the Scholastics and uh so they did the obvious ska okay. yeah, um, right, right. and then like they used an x and they did a number of things so that they could guarantee that they wouldn't be sued um but anyway they were they were great musicians i think one of them went on to be in uh sanctus real i think the oh wow okay. i think he, okay. i think he's he might even still be in that band um or maybe i don't know i can't keep track of these guys that might have actually been a dude from johnny come lately i can't keep these things straight yeah johnny come lately well it it all goes back to that like we were recording it was a, an amazing community that royal ruckus came out of because bakersfield's not huge and there were a yeah. lot of like like-minded really cool christian artists in various genres um making great music and uh, some of them were like outright like evangelistic kind and then some were a little confused like us we weren't sure if we were evangelists or just rappers you yeah. know um, but it was a really cool community to work with and we all like recorded and together and I tried to put all these guitar players and horn players on our songs and uh, yeah Pigeon John actually came in and did some like studio type production with the Scholastics um oh wow wow yeah so, you got that on mini disc uh that one that one was the one that was on if you ever heard the coalition record oh dude I, yeah i have that yeah yeah pigeon john so pigeon john produced that he didn't produce that like like a rapper produces no he uh, executive produced it yeah no well it no so yeah he executive produced the record but right. he produced our song like okay. he was in the studio like a rock producer would be directing the band on what to do and directing the rappers on how to rap and he produced it like he was freaking uh rick rubin are you talking about the song you guys did on yeah yeah the song that we did on the compilation what like the las chicas or oh, las chicas. yeah you should play a clip A cute lady went by the name of Katie Her Sure said Jesus and a jeans were kind of fady I took one look and then I took a second in the look she took I was took and our eyes met Being drawn in, ready to invest in a pretty face Pretty eyes, investment in Christ price At an infinite quantity, just the right price For his tranquility, KD, lady, not so shady Never trading or settling for less than God's best for the gospel I feel is most appropriate So what's the deal? Heart still and the next words out of mouth, mouth I feel the burden of the good news of Christ
studio like directing that session uh, mm. and, and like he drove up I think I think Forefront Records paid him a little extra or something to drive up honestly I think they were they really liked Royal Ruckus but I think they were worried that we wouldn't uh, we wouldn't deliver properly uh, to their to Forefront like polished Nashville label standards and I mean, yeah, um, with that easy talk money so that's that's right and and they heard we were bringing in a band and they i think they just said send pigeon john up there he he's executive producing the whole record we'll pay him to to uh go in the studio with royal ruckus and and he did and it was magical it was absolutely magical um well you want to know something dude like actually that compilation was i think the first time i heard of royal ruckus oh yeah a, a lot of people that's and that was that was one of our first big uh you know big opportunities outside of the west coast yeah um it, it blew open a lot of doors for us so uh always thankful yeah. for that and that song was that song was really fun well do you have uh any final thoughts uh before we i i do want to jump to that song in a minute but i was thinking if there was uh you know anything you wanted to plug um what you want to drop man I mean, I mean, I guess the only other thing I really want to plug is like, um, you know, I mean, I do, I do have another podcast with a couple friends of mine called yeah, The Boom. And talk like about that. Um, you know, it's like one of my you know, high school friends and a friend of mine I met about twenty years ago. So just you know, um, it's you know, we're all in our forties, basically just talking about um, grown men stuff, just trying to kind of help. I mean, you know, a lot of it has a hip hop skateboarding bent. Yeah. You know, yeah. But uh, but some of it is just like, you know, health related things, just um I mean, kind of similar to what we do here as far as like, you know, bruise beards and shipwrecks, as far as like sure, you know, expanding on shipwrecks sometimes and just like helping people out of those out of those sort of things, you know. Yeah. But um um I mean talking about real life, lot, right? Yeah, that that's exactly you know? what it is it's real life, you know, I mean, basically it's like, we've had a lot where we haven't had guests on. So it's kind of like what we're doing right now, as far as like, uh, who's the guest right now? Oh, nobody. It's just you. And, <laughs> and then it's like, it's just real life, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's um, cool. And I, and I think it's much needed. I mean, it kind of just gets the conversation going sometimes as far as like, you know, uh, just getting the ball rolling sometimes like if, if you're struggling with one thing or another is being just like grown you know yeah. and just get some sort of um you know it's it's like a phone call to your friend you know yeah. what i'm saying yeah it's like you're getting that that uh you know encouragement you know but and some of it it's just fun too it's like i mean that's what we we're do we do right now it's like you yeah. know we talk about beef stuff but like we just had a whole dialogue as far as just like hip-hop yeah you know what i'm saying yeah, that's true and it's like and I mean, you know, we have this whole niche as far as like, you know, coming up in like the, you know, the quote unquote, like Christian hip hop scene, you know what I'm saying? But it's like, um, 
it's it's so beautiful because I'm like, yo, dude. I mean, we had freaking soup to chemist on, dude. Like, I'm, I'm still <laughs> yes, high off that. I'm still that was, high. That off. was so great. I, I love him so much, man. I'm I'm glad we had him on, and, and uh, you know, we always we always say to people like, oh, we should have you on again, but like we take so long to get all these episodes out. Like we, you know, we're always still like there's still a long list of people we want, but. Mm-hmm. Soup might have to skip the line every now and then. Oh, uh, fact, all fact. <laughs> I'm like, you know, like, and like, you know, he's working on like doing the audio book and some new material. So once that's yeah. finished, yo, like, all he's got to do is just like chime in and be like, "Hey, I'm coming on." And we're like, "Okay." Yeah, I we don't we, care we actually might need to Wednesday. get the word to him that like when he's ready. Yep. To promote tell him and he's he's got a spot um and i'm i'm excited yeah exactly (laughs) i'm excited about his new book too or not new book uh re-release of of the book is an is he is he uh is he doing another print edition or just the audio you know i I, that i don't know i mean we gotta ask him yeah yeah (laughs) i mean i know he he just dropped a new joint on Bandcamp. I don't know if it's a new old joint or whatever, but like he dropped some on Bandcamp, but I know he's been recording. Yeah. Um, well, so, and, and we, we talked to him about that too. And I, I don't remember how much of that was on the podcast and how much was when we were not recording, but uh, you know, he, he was asking some questions too about, you know, our experiences with audiobooks. So he's like trying to be super thorough and yep, like, yep. you know, have a great presentation. And I, I don't remember all that we said, but I do remember, uh, giving him some some suggestions from some books that I really liked, and so yeah. I have a feeling uh, it's going to be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, a you got any new music dropping? Royal Ruckus. Uh, yeah, so I'm at all the suckers. <laughs> so I'm I'm still working on the Mister Rogers of the Rap Game record. Um, it's I'm getting close to being able to actually get back to recording for it um it felt good to be able to record this expert opinion song again um i did it in a a home recording setup but uh thanks to you know some various tricks that i have you know i I was able to get a fairly decent recording and of course uh, dj sean p is incredible uh what he does in mixing yeah he, he knows what he's doing um, so with Mr. Rogers of the rap game, I'm actually gonna try to up my game here around the house. And I might even, I got, I got a friend from this, uh, this group article sound system, they're a reggae group. He, oh, nice. uh, we, we cut the vocals for unexpected joy at his studio, uh, which, which is in my same town here in Florida. So, um, so I might even do some of that with him, but you know, as soon as I get a chance, I'm going to hit hard on the vocals. Uh, another thing I'm excited about is uh, I'm actually hoping to do a music video for the um, for the expert opinion song, and oh, I'll be able to make a commercial out of that and stuff too, probably. But I mean, I don't know that we have a lot of use for a commercial. I think just having a music video is just like a super unique thing that no other company in my industry is going to have anything this cool. Um, so, and it's authentically me and it's authentically the, the company. Um, so I'm, I'm hoping to, uh, I don't want to show all the cards, but I'm hoping to have muds from Los Angeles, come out here to Florida and do the video. We're just working on logistics. So 
Oh, word, dude. He's he's done stuff like he's going back full circle. He's done stuff with like, you know, Felipe's Garage and Cookbook yeah. and all that. Yeah, yeah he's you know? he's dope. Uh, he's done some videos with uh, Root Beer, Pigeon John. Um, yeah. I think he's done some cookbook videos. Uh, I, I met him through cookbook. Uh, he's also in a crew called East of the River. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've uh, heard of them. I haven't heard much collective. of the stuff. Like yeah, yeah. That's what's up? Uh, so they're they're part of a bigger crew and then he's also got his own rap group so like there's there's uh all kinds of cool stuff he's doing great stuff in the la scene and you know it's kind of fun hanging out with him and you know we've even joked about starting a side crew you know not that we have time to do those things but what a weird combination we'd be but like we make a great combination we do these awkward you know white guy rap videos uh Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had a bl- like i had a blast clowning around with him in a couple of different whole foods in la um mm-hmm. you know so and, and well i'm going through like unforgettable day in hollywood with him and pigeon john you know going right down uh the the star uh the the walk of fame or whatever they they call it with all the stars and uh just so much fun so i'm really looking forward to having him out in in florida soon to shoot this video and uh, I don't know. It's when when I release the song should be soon, but it won't be like released as a Royal Ruckus song. Like mm-hmm. I'll put it out as Omega Forensic, the company uh, that I work for, uh, as the artist, and then um, Royal Ruckus and DJ Sean P will be like featuring or something. I think is how yeah. it'll be set up. So, uh, so people will be able to find it. Um, if anybody wants to listen to it, but honestly, it's kind of a weird everybody thing. Everybody wants to listen to it. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I think everybody should listen to it at least once, right? Uh, but, you know, not everybody wants to be driving around bumping a song about engineering. But, uh, but frankly, I think this is catchy enough that you you might be tempted uh, to to put it on your mix for 2022. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's what I think was what was dope about it. It was just like, you know, you authentically being you and you're like, I am, I've been at this job for X amount of years, you yeah. know, a decade and a half. I've been an MC for over two decades. Yeah. I'm a hip hop thrown through and I do this. I'm going to just bring the world together. And like, I've thought about doing that too. Just been like, yo, it'd be cool to like film a video, like, at my grocery store, like, you know, yeah. up and down the aisles or something weird like that. But yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think it comes to a point in time when, you know, when, as you get, you know, older where you're like, you know, I'm, I'm tired of like, you know, separating my life. I'm like, yeah, I'm just exactly. me. So exactly. I just want to be like, yo, I, I work and I rap. Like I, I go to church and I, I drive to work. Like these are all me. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I, I think the challenge for me, and I know we're we're wrapping up, so I don't want to get too introspective, but a lot of the challenge for me in the identity thing has been like, you know, I used to teach elementary school, um, but then like I also rap in bars and, um, you know, they're not the same audience. And uh, so it's like, you know, what do you do? What do you, what do you do? And like, I, I don't know, my... I, back in the day though when i first started teaching i mean look like look at the old royal rocket stuff it was very squeaky clean and like even flicker uh what was already pretty squeaky clean when we were on flicker they squeaked it up even more you know there was a lot more uh soap involved and uh i think i just felt like because i was a teacher i Mm -hmm. had to 
push that stuff over here and then i have my teacher identity over over there yeah, yeah. now at this yeah. point in my life like and particularly i think this podcast has helped because i've had priests on here but i've had rappers on here you know like we've had we've had everything and yeah. i i think it i don't know i just feel really integrated <laughs> yeah well, but well, it was a know, choice that had to be made yeah well i mean so let, let me add on top of that um I mean, hey, some, some of that is even being a parent. Yeah. Because I have two teenagers, right? Yeah. And so being honest, like in front of your kids, you know? Yeah. Um, and being real, it's it's such a beautiful thing because they respect you for it, you know? Sure. Sometimes it's... It, it's hard to know the difference between just situational awareness and like wearing a mask, but yeah. I think I'm starting yeah. to get it a little better now. And um, I, I don't know, having a child now, you know, makes you just kind of like, I'm sure you would say the same thing, kind of reflect on a lot of things and just check in with yourself. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like in the last five months, I've done a lot of checking in with myself on stuff and uh that's been real helpful, you know. So dude, kids are kids are dope, dude. Being a parent is man, like being a parent and husband is one of the dopest things I've ever done. Like yeah. it's it's made me be fully me, you know. Man, I even awesome. told my wife the other, the other day, I'm like, I want to work on music more, I want to do this more and more. And I'm like, and I want I'm giving you a free reign to tell me to do so. She's like, Really? I'm like, Yeah, I'm like, that's what I want to do. Yeah. You know, she's like, okay, you know. Um, so like, you know, two small plugs. Like one, like I met a brother from uh Jamaica, his name is Joseph Ethos, is what he goes by. Um, he he's got a song called uh I think it's Enemies on it's out on all streaming platforms and all that. Um, kind of a reggae slash oh, yeah, dubstep. Yeah. Many times it's easy to think that when someone fights against you, he's the enemy. But there's one behind that person. That one, that evil one, he is the true enemy. We must overcome our enemies by gentleness, that win them over by forbearance. Shedding at me, mocking at me, rocking on boy. process of trying to remix it you know what oh. i did you know my son was listening he's like dad that's off i'm like all right mister i've taken violin for 10 years so <laughs> you know i i'm i need to get the musical geniuses input but um sure you know um that's been a kind of a stretch too but you know um but yeah i mean dude being a parent it's just it it pushes you to kind of be the best you can be you know yeah. and i mean yeah it's so funny because like I take everything I've learned in my twenties and thirties, right? And then I just compound it now. I'm like, I have I have I have the vision, but I don't have like the time. That's what's hard. Yeah. You know yeah. What I'm yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like I want the time to do it, you know. So but you know, you know, we 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 carve out time, you know. So um, 
I mean, I know we're about to wrap up here. Well, but yeah, the other I was, thing is, I was gonna say, speaking of time, thank you for the time because uh, I I know it's hard when you've got family life um, to like sit down and do these shows and like when we're done recording, you're not done, you know, like because you you're producing the show too. The producer. <laughs> I was thinking of like um what is a house party, you know, where like Martin Lawrence, he was like the DJ. He's like, he's like, I'm the DJ and the producer. <laughs> <laughs> man, that that was that was on the other night when I was in my hotel. <laughs> Classic, man. But um well, I mean, so I guess the other thing too is like I'm pretty sure, you know, the world does need some new world ruckus, you know, they need some ruckus in their life. Um, so what, I mean, so what you got, Mr. Rogers, the rap game coming out, but that's in, in the works, right? Yeah. Yeah. It'll be a while before that. And then, and then of course I've got the, uh, Peter Daly collaboration that, that will eventually see the light of day. Uh, I haven't talked about that a whole lot, but that is going to melt your face when it comes out. Uh, We made, we made a kind of an electro pop. Uh, rap record and um, it just needs to incubate a little bit longer and um, you know actually both of these records got uh, sidelined by the pandemic no I thought you were going to say because you know you had a sign (laughs) no that just extended the sidelining so yeah it's it's like every time I I try to get back to these records something else uh, gets in the way but uh, I was I was really actually working on both of these records simultaneously before the pandemic and was getting really close on both of them to rounding the corner and uh, and actually was was going to be in Dallas with DJ Sean P cutting vocals when the lockdowns happened like two weeks before our session. So uh, a lot of things got paused, but, you know, on the plus side, um, I've rewritten some stuff. Um, there's a there's a song with uh peter daly that's just i'm just in a different place and mm-hmm. one of the verses really needed a rewrite and i think it's just a better song and so um so you know I, and like that record is evolving it's like it was originally supposed to be a concept record that was like a breakup record and mm-hmm. uh and there's still elements of that in some of the songs mm-hmm. but uh it's evolved with my life um yeah and yeah, yeah. and like i still love the original concept and i think that w- would be a great record and i would have no problem putting it out um yeah. you know ultimately but it makes it, it's a weird record to put out at this point um now that i've been married a couple of years and have a <laughs> yeah. baby um so, so even like the the level of relationship angst that already is probably still going to be on the record it's like well that's that needs to be in there for artistry's sake but uh you know sometimes this stuff doesn't add up to wherever you are right it's like uh, and you don't necessarily write where you are like i've written sad songs when my life has been really good oh yeah sometimes you do i mean most of the time uh it approximately matches my mood but you know not all the time not all the time yeah i mean you know it's so funny because like when i sit down and write songs it's like i just i just want to get better at writing and sometimes it's it's having somebody else produce stuff 
that brings yeah. something out. Because oh, absolutely. If I, if I am writing to like my own, you know, beats, it's like, I mean, I don't know. I mean, so to get all hip hop nerdy, it's like, you know, you have the first two J. Really Damage albums, right? Which were produced by Premier, DJ Premier of Gangstar, right? Yeah. Then he, I think it was his third one. It was Heroes for Hire. He produced it. And his beats matched his lyrics too much where it was too much of the same. And yeah. you need something to offset that. And I feel like when I write to my own production, it's too much of the same. Mm. And so I just get caught in the same cycle. Like I need to rap to, you know, you know, let me listen to some like Royal Ruckus instrumentals to get me in a different frame. Cause like, yeah, I can do it. I'm, sure. I'm like, yeah. that. I'm, I'm like that old school MC, like, you know, you know, Wu-Tang gangstar, like boom bat. But sometimes like I'm so introspective. I'm like, let me have something a little lighter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, right. you know, so, I mean, there's, there's such a beat. And that's what I love. Like, you know, listen, like with you, like with DJ Sean P like, dude, it's so dope. Cause it's like, it's, it's a boom bat, but it's like Royal Ruckus. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it, it's just dope, man. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I love hearing that you say that because uh, it's been great working with him because he brings, you know, he brings his own experiences and his own production and he's produced for some really incredible MCs. Oh, uh, and like he, the move merchants, bro. Dope. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. And, and, and so like to be able to collaborate with him, um, it is super cool. I think he really gets us. He gets our, our spirit and he's like super professional about it too, but just having our heads together artistically, um, you know, it, like there is a little bit of a back and forth sometimes on these songs because uh, there should be, um, you know, he starts sketching out an idea and he sends it over and I give feedback. And then, but honestly, even with this one, it was like, it was 90% or more there when he sent me the draft. I mean, it's mm -hmm. just oh, so good. Yeah. So, well, I, I think actually we should probably on that note, go ahead and play the song. Um, we do have some, some socials of course we've got uh bruise what do we have what are they <laughs> it's bruise beards on instagram duh yeah i i was almost almost gonna say bruise beards official but no that's real ruckus real ruckus official on instagram official. and then at bruise beards on mm -hmm. on instagram mm -hmm. um what are you at nomadic vagabond with a k right right nomadic with a k man you and got a shout out on uh bad books of the bible recently too i know i was i was appreciative of that because you know i asked questions i said you know what these are my brothers i'm gonna ask some questions crossover <laughs> that's right <laughs> bad books of the shipwrecks i don't know <laughs> Well, I, I should say, uh, we ha actually have had a couple people write in. We haven't made it easy for people to write into us. Uh, so people usually just either go to Instagram and message uh, or they or they find me on a different platform or something. Uh, but we've had a couple people write in and say, like, they've been interested in orthodoxy or whatever. And this really has never been like a show uh, meant to showcase that. But obviously, we're not shy about you know, sharing our experiences and our faith. Um, so I, I, I did want to also say like, uh, these conversations about faith are always welcome. Uh, we don't, we don't mind. Um, and, and, 
Yeah, absolutely. And like we we've I love any conversations that can come out of this, even even related to to other stuff, music or um yeah. or beer or whatever. Our last episode, you know, was great because we got into it was in the archives, but it was about beer. Um yeah. but but I th- I think you know that dang it, I'm getting kind of rambly here and I for, I forgot where I was going. Crap. It, it, dude, it's all those non-alcoholic beers, man. It's got to be all over the place, man. I, I'm just, I mean, you've this, had a pill of maybe one percent alcohol. You're crazy. This run wild is is not kidding. I'm running wild. So, dude, I just drank a eleven percent alcohol beer. Plus oh my coffee. goodness! Well, you're you're gonna be up all night and having a great time. Well, let's let's play this song. Let's uh, without further ado. Uh, this is a world exclusive. It's only been performed live. It's the first studio recording of Expert Opinions, Omega Forensic Engineering, Royal Ruckus, DJ Sean P. Boom. Exclusive. Come on. There is one vital fact I would like to submit. Three, two, one, drum beat. Ask to explain what we're tasked every day to actively gain enough facts to then frame the impact of the claim. Exact numbers maintained, identify name specific items contained. Upload to the brain the building code to the name specific time and the age of the damage and stain. We've attracted and gained, impacted, retained engineers who were claimed for the years they've explained. The facts that remain stated simple and plain. No matter the complaint, we don't change a thing. Clear opinions faster than you shake that thing. Crystal clear and precise, like fine diamond rings when you're looking at the deal and you're not so sure there's a real expert who could have the cure no matter the client the truth remains ain't a dang thing change because we know our lane expert opinions cut through the mystery respected inspections throughout the industry we get it done efficiently omega me we do things differently cut through the mystery respected inspections throughout the industry we get it done efficiently omega than the others combined our photographs called letters conclude refined people talking about this side of that need a lie on the truth is our format expert opinions engineers help the millions represent and protect the interests of civilians insurance safe buildings when it shake up the math tells the reason skyscrapers stay up on a big timetable all things fail when things break and crack you want the truth of the tale that's what we come in if you need something you can call my man dan at omega junction expert opinions Sean P, memory eternal, you know what I'm saying? Of duck down boot camp click, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I don't even know who or what duck down boot camp click is. 
You don't know about Doug. Okay, Black Moon, beat miners. Okay, I know beat miners. All right, well, <laughs> you know what? Your your text, our text is about to get just flooded with. Oh, geez. Everything. All right, I'll look for it, dude. It's <laughs> <laughs> right, good chopping it up, man. All right, bro. Peace. Have a good night. Yeah, boy. Thank you for listening. Please visit royalruckus.com and follow us on Instagram or YouTube.